Welcome to Grief Recovery Now podcast. I'm your host, Charlene Gorzella, your grief recovery specialist. This podcast is being produced just for you, someone who has been challenged and heartbroken over a significant and devastating loss, death, divorce, sudden life change, or the many other ways we experience grief. You will be taken on a conversational journey with me and some special guests who have come out the other side of grief and committed to small, powerful, and courageous steps that made all the difference in their lives for the better. I want to instill in you on what is possible, that joy, hope, peace, and happiness is closer than you think. While your life is forever changed, you can have a beautiful new outlook on your relationships and loss with a sense of completion that goes deep in your soul. Ready, set, now. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. This is Charlene Gorzella from Grief Recovery Now. I'm your host, and I welcome you today. First of all, I just want to say how grateful, deep in my soul, how happy I am that you are listening today. If you're listening from Australia, if you're listening from the United States or anywhere in the world, I welcome you. Grief Recovery Now is about knowing that we are all in this together. I started this podcast so we know that there is life beyond grief and there is light beyond grief. And grief, I'm here too to educate you and to know that you can still have a life beyond your wildest dreams. So I would like to just get right to it. Usually I have a little story about what's going on in my own personal life about grief and what I've witnessed in the world with COVID. I don't wanna forget the COVID pandemic that's going on. We are now in about our sixth or seventh month of it. And the timing couldn't have been better for me to start this beautiful journey on this Grief Recovery Now podcast. Besides that, there's a lot of upheaval going on in the world. With Black Lives Matter, we have the LGBT, we have the political climate. I don't care what country you're in, we're experiencing a massive change and upheaval in our world. And I think we are all in this communal grieving right now. And I believe let's get do it all together. And you are not meant to be alone during this time. And if you are alone, just know that I personally invite you to my Facebook group. It's a private group where it's a place that you can learn, you can contribute, and just be where you are. So it's, I'll tell you all about it after our podcast, and it will be in the notes too in our podcast. So welcome, welcome, welcome in whatever state you're in. You are welcome. I'm very upbeat because I've been to that other side of grief in recovery. And if you're feeling low and you're not quite feeling the way I'm feeling right now, that's okay. Be where you are. That is my motto. And so open up your heart and take it all in. Take what you want and leave the rest. And I'm so enthusiastic today. I have a couple here from Australia. And they are a dynamic group that we were in a mastermind group together. And I think when I first started listening to them in this group and they have their own podcast out called Empty Nesters. And I was like, oh my God, right away I thought, I'm going to have them on this podcast. They're a dynamic duo. I'd like you to listen to them and know that they got to the other side of grief, of challenge, of some life things happening that, will, uh, to me, it blew my mind what these two walked through. 
in such a beautiful way, individually and now collectively. They, they're sharing what they've been through so they can help others. So please help me welcome Michelle Lee and Mark O'Toole. Welcome, Mark and Michelle. To the United States, I'm in Los Angeles. I love this world. I love Zoom. I love podcasts. I love that you agreed to be on this podcast today. I do not relate to the empty nester. I think it's just two words that tell you exactly what it's about. And I think our audience will be able to appreciate it, especially people who have had children leave the nest and um, the stages that you can go through and how you can survive and thrive through it. So welcome. Mark and Michelle. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you very you. much uh, for having us on. We're very pleased to be here. Yes, very honored and yeah, excited. You know, we're talking all the way from Australia to you in LA and oh, it's just good to be connected really in this crazy world that we live in. Yes, and you all, I don't know if you were part of the fires last year that seemed to be going on mm. forever. Now mm. in Los Angeles, Oregon, and other places in the United States, it's still going. Our air is affected by it. Our hearts are with them, as my heart was with you guys when that was happening. Yes, it, it, it very much reminds us of what was going on last year here in Australia. We had smoke everywhere and just so many fires burning. So... Take a deep breath where you can and breathe in as much pure, beautiful air because, you know, we have to be grateful for those, for the things that we sometimes take for granted. And one of the things that we learned from that tragedy, uh, you know, there were a lot of, lot of, a lot of lives affected, both human, but also particularly the natural species uh, here in Australia where, you know, thousands and thousands of acres were, were, were burnt away. What we, we learned from that was the analogy of the clearing the clearing of the forests, the clearing of the bushland here in Australia from these devastating bushfires, relating that to this transition in life that we go through. You know, we, we all have to go through a transition at some point in our life, don't we? Whether it's, whether it's you know, the loss of a loved one, whether it's a divorce, whether it's what we focus on here in our business, the Dream Architects, is we support people who are empty nesters, where the kids have left home and they're going through the transition of of that loss of their child that they've spent many, many years loving and caring for and giving everything they can to whatever capacity that they could. And those, that child, that being, that soul has left the home to live their own life, which they need to do at some point. But that clearing of that energy, the clearing of the, that, that loss ultimately has now, uh, you know, they're, they're moving through that space. So. Yes. And Michelle, I, when I was listening to your podcast and reading about you, you had two daughters where you, when they left the home, you were happy. You were like a proud mommy. And I don't know if you felt like, oh, they're out of the house. Now I have some freedom or I'm so proud of them. It's their time. And then you had a time had passed and you started, some feelings started coming up. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that's right. I wasn't celebrating. I wasn't, you know, having a party or anything, but I did feel <laughs> I that. that <laughs> I'm like a job well done, right? <laughs> exactly. It was, it was more feeling of, well, it was different for each girl, but it was more feeling of, oh, wow, they're independent enough to go out and lead their own lives. They look confident. They feel confident enough to do that. So, you know, there's a feeling of relief that um, they've got to that stage and um, they can now fly their wings themselves. But 
in that too was, I guess, a little bit, you know, of, I wouldn't call it selfish because it's self-giving. It was that feeling, oh, I now have time now. I now have space to be myself a little bit more, to not be rushing around, worrying about them or thinking about them or not that I did that much in the later years of them being with me as, as late teenagers, but you know, there's always this, their home, their, there's something to do, something to think about, something to worry about. And I was looking forward to that freedom. And at the time, I think it was, I met Mark sort of in between the two of them leaving. And it wasn't, I found that as we discussed it, we came an opportunity for us, for me to redesign my life to help, I guess, passions emerge a little bit more to become true to myself. And that was the process that I started. But in that process, then came feelings of loss at times, sadness, deep missing of them, feeling like there's a gap in my life, even though I had Mark in my life, there was and it was a we led a full life, there was still this feeling of where's my child? And for many empty nesters out there, they may um, resonate with this is that sometimes um, when you go to ring them or you text them, you don't get an answer back. And you just think, hmm, <laughs> have they forgotten that I'm a mom? <laughs> so yeah, so you go through all sorts of different emotions and, you know, it fluctuates over time and it, you know, some emotions blend into others and it can be a quite a confusing time. What was confusing about it with you, with maybe, as I said, I've never been a parent, but what I always know is the, ch the children, they just adore you for so many years. You're it, you're their world. Then they become teenagers, the F-U time. I don't know if your daughter's <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and then, you know, because I think all those years before that, the higher power, whoever it is that's constructing all this, the infinite intelligence has that time. So you can love them so deeply and be able to put up with the teenage years. Mm -hmm. And then right after that, they're off on their own. They're going off on their own and your own identity. Can you talk a little bit about the confusion and maybe what went the empty space, the identity? Yeah, yeah, definitely. The identity, being a parent for 20, 20 plus years, you know, and being, I guess, the, the full-time parent where you're there for your child in the space of your child, in the physical space of your child and feeling the emotions of your child. And that, it's, that in itself can really cement, I think, the role of being a parent. And you spend so much of your energy in that space. And when the children have left, you look around or you feel around and you, you don't have, you, you can't use that role the same way that you used to use it. And so that identity of being a parent is suddenly lost. And I think, and I believe that a lot of empty nesters grieve that loss, loss of that identity. And they don't know what to do. They don't know who they are. They, they struggle with letting go of that parental identity Obviously, they're still parents, but letting go of that time when their children were their whole life. And for me, it was easy. However, I've been through many transitions through life. So I've known how to transform an identity into another without, I've learned to not basically attach too hard onto a certain identity. So that was part of the discussion with Mark as to how are we going to serve empty nesters? It's through our own experience. And we figured that, well, we're empty nesters ourselves. Why not help 
other empty nesters to transition through that gap of not knowing, of being a parent to not knowing who they are and being able to embrace a new identity as well as take from the old identity as much wisdom, as much, in, as much um, intuition that you've learned, as much love that you've felt. Take from it all that you need and pour it into the new person that you are becoming, the new person, the new future that you want, the new yes. dreams that you have. Yeah. If I can just touch on that as well, we were, we were talking earlier about um, familiarity with Anthony Robbins's work. And Tony Robbins talks about, you know, the six human needs. And what we see a lot is that there, you know, three of those, those human needs are very much in tune with being a parent and your child and that, that change, isn't there? There's certainty. You absolutely know that you're a parent and that you are there for your child to whatever capacity. I mean, there's varying different parenting styles, right? significance you are an important person in their life and they are in your life as well but also love and connection which is really really big for a lot of people as it is for me and having that love and connection on a certain level of significance on a daily and hourly basis with your child because they're you know you've been there with them for 20 odd years you know some anywhere in that that range when that's gone you, you're going through a transition you, you and that that situation comes up whether it's immediate when they move out the door or whether like Michelle was saying, it may occur at some point later, it might be a week, a fortnight, a, a month, six months, 12 months, whatever it is, but it does come back at yeah. some point. And that, that amount, if you like, the, the intensity of that loss will vary. I would add to that the other big need that is satisfied in the parental journey is contribution. And I feel that that is one of the key areas where when you can no longer contribute in the same way to your child that like you were doing, suddenly you, you know you want to give, you know you want to make an impact somewhere, but if you don't have a framework, you don't have a vision, then it's hard to then know where to contribute and how to contribute. And also on top of that is the fact that a lot of parents, a lot, will be contributing outwardly towards their children for so many years and have forgotten themselves. And part of the process that we teach is self-love, is to come back to you, start contributing back to yourself first. Build yourself up, grow yourself, so that you can then make a bigger impact on the world. That's all part of that identity, isn't it? And what's interesting with both of you is you're Anthony Robbins people, you're in self-development, you've had years of beautiful work. And what about some of your clients who didn't? They didn't know, oh my God, I'm lacking contribution in my life. I'm lacking growth. I feel like the blanket is just thrown off me. I'm in a freezing cold because like it was ripped from me. And they're in the journey. And I know it's so nice that you two are in the world because you can help navigate people where they feel off the mark you get them back on the mark of life and that's just life that just happens through the changes Mm -hmm. and we have to pivot through it what Mm -hmm. tell can you talk a little bit about a client you may have had who doesn't have this this level of depth the human potential movement which i believe you Mm -hmm. two are at the pure potentiality of each person and how to get there a lot of people don't talk this language 
Can you talk a little bit, and even though it's simplified language, contribution, growth, can you talk about maybe a client you have that you're coaching that they were like a fly on a windshield and how you help them walk through it in the most simplest way? What would be your process? Do they come in to see you? And this is to let everybody know what you guys are doing out there. Because mm, I know sure, you can yeah. do things online, you can do things in Australia, so you could do this all over the world. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really... I guess I'm trying to sift through the clients that we've had. And for the most part, our clients have had some level of understanding, some level of awareness of um, personal development. So they've understood the terms, I guess, of growth, of contribution, of experience, which are the three pillars that we help guide them through to living an extraordinary life. But at different levels. So each client is at different levels and some may be going through the, 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 um, not the acute grief, but the emotions that are, you know, going all over the place. And because of that, they are not able to function the way they want to function, function efficiently. So there's a process that we call the flow and it's an acronym for truth, heart, empowering questions, Forgiveness, opening, letting go, opening, and wisdom. And the process of that is to help people to move through the emotions, the blocks, the limitations, the beliefs that they put upon themselves as they go through that transition. So what happens when somebody um, comes to us, a client comes to us, is that usually they're in a space of, I want something more out of life. I want to do something with this empty nested period, but I'm not sure of what I want. You know, I've got so many ideas and I'm not sure how to move, not sure which way to go. Or we could have a client who um, has a great dream, but because of the beliefs and the limitations they've grown with or they've um, decided to put upon themselves, they don't know which way to go. They don't or don't have the um, belief in themselves that they can get there. They, you know, there might be um, objections like, well, I've just been a parent. I haven't studied for so long or I've been a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad and I don't really know how to go about doing this. Mm-hmm. So... Rather than we teach them how to do it, we give them the tools to help them to remind themselves that they, are, they have everything they need, right? So we go through the flow, which is one part of our teaching, but we also go through a program called My Dreams Matter. And in that, we help them strip away. So get back to who they are, strip away the layers of... The, the bits that they don't need, the bits that they may have carried and have been useful during the parental time, but things that they no, no longer need and they can now let go of those and bring in more tools, bring in more wisdom to help them through their journey now as well as through into the next stage of life. That involves things that we've learned through Tony Robbins, through Dr. Joe Dispenza, through Abraham Hicks. Our style is more gentle, more going through flow, more about being kind to yourself. It's no longer about push, 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 about do, do, do. It's more about listening, feeling, trusting in your intuition, 
and then and being you know being the person you want to be and in that you attract all the tools all the people all the events that are necessary for you to live your dream life i have a question two things and i want to hear more about you next because we've heard a little bit from michelle i heard in your podcast if someone doesn't have an idea what their next steps would be you go through sort of the snapshot of their life but one of the things you guys said was like what don't you want in your life and that Absolutely. helped them get to where they want to go. And then if you, I'd love to hear your story about the loss of your life and the journey you went on that. I, I didn't lose my your wife. wife. I, I your wife, wife when you were widowed, you were married. Yeah, for I'm still here. <laughs> Born again. Born again. Born again. Yes. I've been reincarnated. I'm sorry. I'm taking it. The time, but you lost your wife through illness and then your yes. daughter's. But can you talk a little bit about like seeing what you don't want can help you get to what you do want. And then a little bit yeah. about your story with, you know, some sure. of the challenges that you've been through. Uh, one of the things that, that we have learned through all, you know, the immense amount of education and so on and personal development that we've been on, particularly through the teachings of Abraham Hicks and, and uh, Joe Dispenza is, you know, determining what you want and what you don't want. They are very key things. You know, we, we all go through life and we understand, yeah, I want, I want to live this, you know, I want a big car. I want a motorbike. I want to travel. I want all of these things, but there's so many things we don't want as well. And most of the time people just don't really look at that. They don't, they don't, yeah, I don't want it, but I don't, they don't really put too much energy into it. And what we've learned is, no, let's put a little bit of energy into knowing what we don't want because that gives us absolute clarity on knowing what we do want. When, when somebody has asked me, my coach years ago asked me, um, well, how do you have fun, Mark? And it was at a point when, you know, I'd, I'd gone through the experience, I suppose, of when my first wife um, was contracted with cancer and she was sick for 11 years and, and, you know, my girls, our girls were only 18 months old when, when Tina was, was diagnosed. And so it was a pretty challenging year. I, had, I was running my own architectural company and I was a busy man, you know, and, and very, a lot of responsibilities. And it was a time where I had to come to an understanding of what I really wanted to do with my life. I had responsibility of running an architectural company. I had 11 staff and, and it was great. It was one of those career goals that I wanted, but I'd also married a lady and we had kids and that was a massive priority for me. So it was, okay, I want both, but the higher priority is, is ensuring that I'm caring for my family. So I sold the company and, and moved on and, and worked for the government for some years. The point of the story is, knowing what I wanted and knowing what I didn't want, I didn't want the responsibility of running a company and letting them down because I was unable to serve them and serve my clients to the level that I needed to. Does that make sense? Yes. I've been there. I understand. So is that, and we, we were speaking before, you know, is that part of that whole transition as well of identity? You know, I'd worked massive career on being this, this person, this identity moving through that was its own challenge. So you had this sure. unknowing and then you got more of a knowing. Correct. What's sort of the breakthrough? Like maybe when you were stuck a little bit, I guess you just have to show up and do the next right thing. The little steps that you had to do. I remember you talked about being in your porch and you had a revelation. Can you talk about that? Sure. Yeah. That was um, after, after the, 
the whole moving and passing and going through grief and trying to find out what the heck am I doing with my life now? I had still had a job. My kids were were coming to their, I, I guess they were partway through high school. I don't know what you call it in the United States, but before they go to university. Or What was that like going through your own grief and your own turning points and then your daughters at the same time? Because they were probably about 18 or... Uh, they were 12. Oh, they were like 12. Yeah, it was challenging. There's no doubt about that. I was dealing with my own grief, but also, you know, being the support for my daughters as well. So it had its own, its own, its own challenges. There's no doubt about that. So, yeah, it, it was what I learned from that was caring for myself. As Michelle said earlier, is you know we put all of this time into looking after your kids, and it, during that phase of my life, I was put 100%, well, not 100%, but I was putting a hell of a lot of time and obviously looking after Tina and looking after the kids and I'd forgotten about me. I'd forgotten about what I needed, what what do I need? And going back to the question, I got coached for about five or six years from a top level guy in Tony Robbins and he asked me that question, how do you have fun, Mark? What is mm-hmm. it you do to have fun? And I couldn't answer the question. I didn't know. Because of all of my effort, all of my love, all of my focus was Tina and the kids and work and so on. So I'd forgotten how to have fun. And part of the lesson from that, and Michelle can speak about it as well with her journeys, is that you got to come back to you. You have to come back to what do I need? What do I, how do I enjoy myself? What do I need? Knowing what I want, knowing what I don't want. So you reached out to get the support and the guidance. And that wasn't easy either. You know, as a guy, as a director of a company, as a, a man, you know, all of these, these labels, social labels, you don't ask for help. You're supposed to be the help. You You're were talking about how you went from one family, you were the, the all men, and then you got married, and then you had all women. They're supposed to be yeah. the all-knowing. Well, I had my dog. He was my what? What'd you say? Man, I had my dog. He was male, but yes, it was predominantly, I went from a predominantly male household, except for mum, of course, thankfully, and <laughs> to a female house. So that transition was huge for me as well. And we all go through those transitions, don't we? Right through our life. And, and it's coming and using the methodology that this wonderful lady has, has developed and that we're using in our in our teachings at the moment is that seven step process, the flow, because from our experiences individually and collectively, it's a really, really cool and very effective, very powerful process to guide people. We do it ourselves, but also assist assist our clients through that process of transition. We can motivate ourselves, but that only lasts short term. And you know, that's all good and it works but you've got to have those things that pull you towards where you want to go. You're either pushed by pain or pulled by a vision, especially in grief. You're pushed by pain or you just give up. And it's so great that you're there for people who may want to give up and pull the covers over their heads. So you're working with people who are ready. Mm -hmm. If someone's not ready, that's okay. You know, if someone's not ready, that's where you are. So how would you advise someone who says, you know, I don't have the strength, nor do I think I never will have the strength, but you were, they were referred to you by someone who said you Mm. must help them. 
even though you probably wait for people to call you, I don't think you probably go out and call people and yeah. they sort of given up. What, what would you su suggest to someone who's feeling that way, who thinks it's a permanent condition? Yeah, as, as you say, the person needs to be ready for change to take place. It's not something that we can force somebody to do, but in terms of, say, if somebody was referred and they did take a call with us, then it would be a matter of maybe referring them to a counsellor, maybe referring them to somebody who could have a conversation with them because conversations are so powerful, you know, and they maybe just need to talk about something and to share it with, we've got a group called Awakening Empty Nesters on Facebook and, you know, it might be just a, a place for them to connect with other empty nesters who are going through similar and, but, you know. And this is a private group? Yeah, Awakening Empty Nesters on Facebook, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, there's so many different avenues out there and it's just a matter, I guess, not to say, oh, no, we can't have you. It's more about nurturing and caring for that person and sending them in a direction that hopefully will help them to open up and then be able to take the next step where they're ready to transform their life and to, to, to make something, make an impact in the world. But it's, it's meeting them where they are, hmm. whether they are ready, whether they are 50%, 20%, 100% ready to change. It doesn't matter. Being a good coach, being a good friend, being a good parent, being a good partner is knowing them and loving them where they are and helping yes. them take it that next step, not to get to the end, to have this joyous life in a moment no, it's a or tomorrow. It's stepping through. Where are you now? Where do you come back to that thing we said before? What do you want? What do you don't want? Where are you now? What's the next step for you? Not for me, for you. What is the next step for you? And how do we get you and could you show you a light to move to that next step if you are ready? What do you think? And I'm going to ask about both of you because you're together in this mission and this beautiful walk in the light in your lives. How did you two get together? I want to get to know, you know, the, the little personal side of you and everybody get to know you a little bit more. Because I know, you know, because you're in this results and we're going to go move forward. And here are, you know, the ECG lifestyle experience, contribution and growth and all that. And I love that. Can you talk about both of your journey? Were you experiencing some of these things we talked about simultaneously when you met? Or were you guys on the other side of what was going on? you know, through death, through career, and, and Michelle, you, you've lived all over the world, I know. You've had a lot of changes. You had some things that take a strong person to their knees. You know, I know you had some financial decisions you made that didn't go quite your way unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how you both got together and maybe with the help of each other's support or whatever your story yeah. is you have to share with us? Yeah, well, our story actually is quite beautiful. It's, we didn't, we started off as friends. We were friends for two years. But what brought us together, we believe, is the process of gratitude, the practice of gratitude. So it was after, it was actually, we met, we met after a Tony Robbins event and we had formed a group in the town we were living in to just get together and have some, you know, peer support. It was then that I guess we became friends and I started a charity. Mark came in to start helping. It was actually the basket brigade. So influenced by Tony Robbins, we did a basket brigade in Newcastle. And then we 
had another event, another Tony Robbins event to go to. And we decided, well, we'll go to that. And I get from that event, which was Date With Destiny, we decided that we become accountability partners from that. So, you know, go through the whole um, goal setting exercises. But as well as that, we decided we'd do the gratitude part. And the gratitude part stuck. The other bits didn't stick, but <laughs> the gratitude bits stuck. And every night we would text each other three gratitudes for our individual lives at the time. So we were friends, but we didn't see each other very much. It was maybe every couple of months or so. Um, and we had our own relationships going on. I had several different dates that I went on and Mark would kind of know about them through my texting because I'd say, I'm grateful for the contrast that I felt today on this date that you know didn't actually go well. <laughs> and so he would kind of know a bit about me, I'd know a bit about him. And it wasn't till about two years later that we were at a park, Mark was helping me with going, getting through it. He was actually helping me through a process of going through my fears of public speaking. We were just talking after that. I was feeling really good. Mark had, was, had done a journey. It was called a journey. A yeah, process I, on I, I did yeah. Um, a process. Uh, Brandon Bay's The Journey, I've done quite a few of her courses. So it's all about emotional clearing. So then, so then if you want to know what happened, Mark jumped me. No, 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 no he didn't. <laughs> Don't put that on the podcast. Can you record that? Are you welcome, <laughs> No, no, no. He didn't jump me, but we, it was then that we realized there was more than just friendship. And that was how many years ago now? That was 2016. So four years ago. Oh, great. Yeah. So, so then because we had, we found, you know, we were such good friends and we had this very, very similar values and, you know, we're different in many ways as well, because, you know, I've done a lot of traveling, lived in a whole lot of different countries. Mark at the time had only lived in one particular suburb, same postcode for 50 years of his life. Can you feel the, the tension there? <laughs> yeah. It was like, That's oh, like, get unstuck. I'll tell you a quick story. Sorry to jump in. Tell you a quick story. So, so Michelle, when I met Michelle's parents for the first time, again, a family that have lived all over the world. My parents lived in Tamworth where country music, capital of Australia and then moved to, to Newcastle and had myself and my brother. So, and I, as Michelle said, lived in the one house for all my life and one suburb. I moved from that house, mum and dad's house to two other houses, but they're all in the same postcode, right? So I hadn't really moved that far. So I met Michelle's mum and she said, so uh, where have you lived? So I told her my story and she went, oh, how boring. <laughs> <laughs> and this was within the first half an hour of the very first time that I met her. So I very quickly got to understand. The variety the is, yeah, variety is a very high value, I guess, in my family, in, in my generation, in the Chinese family that dad had, there were nomads in China. So they're continually moving and setting up in different places. Oh, isn't that something? I think it's fascinating that you two are together. And I'm going to ask you a question, Mark about your experience with Michelle and how you are both different and the re different, how you were before your sort of snapshot of Michelle and Mark, what's your snapshot of Mark and Michelle from each other and where you are at now. And the reason I'm asking that is to give our listeners hope that you're not going to be exactly where you are. Life is fluid. It's always going to change. And if you do certain techniques, like make some quiet time, some breath work, some meditation, going to people like you or me, 
that new information comes in and that you are forever changed. And then I believe there's a divine intelligence, this infinite intelligence that flows through us. We just got to get it, give it a chance to come in. I believe we all have purpose in life and purposes throughout our life. You know, some begin, they're in the middle and then they end. And then you start another beginning and then another middle and then an end. And so anybody who's in their depths of despair, and I'm not, I know not everyone who's listening is like that right now, but if you are, just know, that's why I have guests like Mark and Michelle, is to know you can get to that other side through many experiences. You won't die, you'll thrive, and there's light ahead. So Mark, can you talk a little bit about what your experience with Michelle was when you first met? Because you guys were growing and unfolding, going through Anthony Robbins, and I did Anthony Robbins in the mid-90s all of his life mastery stuff. And it changed my life. It shifted me to a more expanded me. And Mark, where do you see how she was then and how she is now and how she unfolded? We met at, we were both at our, I guess, different levels of growth. You know, I I was opening up and understanding, moving through where I had been and moving to where I really needed and wanted to go to. So when I met Michelle, I was just... I guess I become infatuated with the level of joy and freedom this lady had, which was a contrast to where I was from a man who lived in the same suburb for 50 (laughs) something years, traveled a little bit, not much. And contrast to that was somebody that was full of joy, full of love, full of openness and had traveled a lot and had a lot of positivity. I was positive. Don't get me wrong. But when I look back now, I was not as positive what I, what, I, what I believe I am now. You know, we all transition, we all grow and, and, and learn, right? So, you know, I, I fell in love with that openness, that, that joy. And I saw that, that that's where I wanted. That was what I wanted. And I knew what I didn't want. We keep coming back to that same lesson. Where we're now, um, yeah, you know, this beautiful relationship we've been going, we've been together now, as Michelle said, for four years. We got engaged a couple of years ago. In fact, two years in two days, on the 18th of September, in the on the lake of one of the lakes in Whistler in Canada, we I proposed and we got engaged in two days from now, two years, and yeah, you know, there's ups and downs and there's challenges. There's no doubt about that, and you have that in every relationship. Sometimes there's value conflicts. Sometimes there's belief conflicts. But I believe in my heart and my soul that we are together for a long time. And I love this lady dearly. And what's going on? Your turn. <laughs> I love these emotional moments. Thank you so much for that, Mark. That was beautiful. And in the silent is everything. And thank you. So you guys are awesome. I would love as time goes on, if there's something else, you know, in the future on grief recovery now for you guys to come back and you guys are an authentic, beautiful couple. And that has heart and soul and this infinite beauty that flows through both of you guys. I know both individually and collectively, and I've never heard of empty nesters or anyone concentrating or focusing on empty nesters. Maybe there's more, but I have never seen it. And if I can ever refer people to you, I would, it would be my honor. And so before we leave, I would like you to say one or two or three things, short little tips for our listeners 
on anything you want to leave with us and then and then we'll sign off thank you first of all Charlene it's been an honor to be on your podcast and we do hope that at least one person listening is touched and gets some insight from the conversation we've had with you today a couple of insights maybe I'll do two you do two as we discussed gratitude doing starting off if you have never thought about um, gratitude as part of your day just start off with one gratitude in the morning one in the evening and then build on that maybe to three in the morning three in the evening and feel the gratitude don't just say say oh i'll just write a gratitude i'm grateful for the cup of tea feel it feel you know why are you grateful is it the taste is it that it helps you to quench your thirst is it the fact that you've got a warm cup in your hands just feel around the gratitude and get into the feeling of it. And that will really help you connect with the appreciation for it. And then in time, as you keep practicing, as we have done for four years constantly, is throughout the day, you will feel gratitude. And when you have gratitude, you don't have fear, you don't have doubt, you don't have uncertainty or anxiety. It's just a beautiful place to live in. And, and as I said before, I believe that is what attracted us together. So if you are single and single empty nester out there and you're thinking, oh, man, I'm so alone, I feel so lonely as well, and you want somebody in your life, start the gratitude practice because more will come to you. And the second thing for me, the biggest thing, I think, is forgiveness. That's a big thing. Not so much because the children have left home, so talking about empty nesters, but forgiving yourself, first of all, for all the times when you've beat yourself up, when you felt like you're not enough, when you felt like you haven't done well or you haven't done good to people around you and to yourself as well. You haven't served yourself. So that's a big thing. And I think that does, I do believe, I don't think, I believe that releases you from a lot of the past and a lot of the pains of the past. Mark? You took the two good ones. <laughs> what about emotions? How important are emotions that you ex experienced some deep emotions a few minutes ago? And I didn't want to start talking over it. Can you talk about the value of feeling? Yeah, absolutely. Honoring how you're feeling is, particularly for guys, is really, really powerful. I mean, we, as, as men, we are constantly, we're brought up to hide your emotions, to don't show your anger. You get in trouble if you're cranky. You get trouble if you show sadness. You, you know, boys don't cry. All of these silly social rules. So really feeling into those and honoring how you're feeling is really, really important. And that's very true. Empty nesters, guys and ladies, um, you know, in their 45, 50, they've had a couple of years of this belief and practice and habit of not really understanding how they're feeling. And again, it comes back to knowing what you want, not knowing what you want, knowing what you don't want and really feeling, feeling into that. How do I want to feel? Because everything that we do is about an emotion. We are emotional creatures. We do things, we choose things, we choose careers, we choose partners, we choose pets, we choose things to do experiences because we want to experience an emotion. Either we want emotion or we want to move on away, away from an emotion. And really feeling in and taking that time, taking that moment to feel that, that emotion is truly important. And shutting that down because of this ridiculous social rule of boys don't cry, boys you don't show your anger, all of those things stops you from feeling. So you really need to open yourself up to experience that. It's an absolute must. 
yeah. as painful sometimes as that is, but it allows you to open and live in flow, to live in greater joy because that's what we want, isn't it? We want to live in full joy, to live, to, to love fully. And that's the, our deep emotion. You know, that's the core of everything is I want to feel love, I want to be love, and I want to give love. And you can't do that if you're holding back anger, if you're holding back sadness. All right, let's identify it. Look at it, you know, grief or negative feelings shared, the, being the authentic self, the snapshot of who you are today, the facts of your life, of where you are. Once you identify that, and then you share it with someone like yourself or, or myself, it's cut in half. And all of a sudden it's, oh, it's not so stuck there, this secret, this nook and cranny that causes mm. illness mentally, physically and all that. And so, yes, I, I agree with you totally on that. And so you're not alone. Sometimes you can't even identify it until you share it and have people remind you of your, it's okay to be vulnerable. You're never going to rise above your humanity. That's why I think I'm going to be this perfect person. I'm going to be Gandhi, Mother Teresa, and all these people in the mix. And just when I think my life is perfect, all of a sudden this part of my character that doesn't serve me well comes up. I'm like, oh, I am human. And so anything else? One more thing or are you complete? No, the other thing is, is, is presence. And that's all everything together. That's feeling the emotion. That's feeling gratitude and appreciation. And I like to pull those two together, even though I see them two completely different things. It's a separate discussion, Michelle, and I have. Um, so being grateful for everything you have and really appreciating the things in your presence right now, really appreciating the gift of looking at a flower and feeling that emotion is, is really, really, really important. So, yeah, The Power of Now, great book. And By Eckhart Tolle. Yeah, and a great place to be. Being in your presence right now helps you so much because you're moving away from the challenges. The challenge of transition is that you're living way too much in your past and you're not looking of what's next. Where do I want to go and why? Yes, why is a big one, right? Absolutely. So it's that gift of finding presence in your now helps you move be appreciative and grateful for your past and look for what, what's next for you. What is now, but what's next? Where do I want to go to? How do I want to live? What's the emotions I want to live in my life in this future time? Yes. A friend of mine who passed away last year, he has his, um, the people, he, he's a mentor to a lot. I put him a rubber band on your, your wrist. And every time you're future tripping or you're regretting, just snap it on your wrist and be in the now. Mm -hmm. It'll remind you of that because in, you're going to know where you are, where you are. If you're in the past or in the future, you're not going to know where you are right now. The beauty of right. that, even in the uncertainty of it. Yeah. And I want to thank you guys so much for being on the show. It's been a delight. And as I said before, I'd love to have you back. I thought about something Michelle said about some, uh, about forgiveness, mm. about what you said, what you didn't say, how you showed up, how you didn't show up. Maybe write some of the, this is a little tip on grief recovery, write some of the things that you felt you didn't show up for or something you did that you weren't so happy with that you have some regrets about. Just write. It's just a form of consciousness that come through and it helps cleanse your heart, your soul. And then on the flip side, talk about some of the things that 
you know, made you happy. Like you love their laugh. If it's a, it's a loved one who passed away or a relationship that left that you miss or, you know, either sometimes in grief, you're either a martyr or a saint. We got to get in the middle. And so some of the things that you appreciated about that person, some of the things you appreciated about yourself in that relationship, it's just a start. Sometimes we're writing and do it with pen and paper because going on the computer and all that, there's something magical about pen and paper. There's a, a stream of consciousness that comes through us. Just do it. Don't judge it. Even if you something tells you in your stream of consciousness, say purple squirrel, purple squirrel, purple squirrel, just start writing whatever it is. And I have more tips to come, but I just thought I'd leave that with you too. So I am thrilled. There's so much information on Mark and Michelle and the empty nesters and all that they're the awakening, the empty nesters. And it's going to all be on the podcast. Please keep it, get in touch with them or refer or share their information. And please, again, we are on all the podcast platforms, Apple, Stitcher, and a few other ones. And if you have iPhone, great. That's great for Apple. And they have an Android or whatever. I'm not sure what's out in Australia. I'm sure we have the same technology. Same, yeah. Okay. Kangaroo phones. Yeah. Kangaroo phones. <laughs> Kangaroo phones. <laughs> I want to say good day to you all. This good day good to you day. in the morning or afternoon. Good day. Good day. It's just a greeting. It's good day. Good day. There you go, mate. Never hello and goodbye. Yeah, except I never use it. Yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> thank you and i send you all love and thank you so much brief recovery now listeners you are awesome beyond grateful for your presence here today just know you are loved and appreciated until next time we'll see you then okay peace and love thank you for joining our grief recovery now journey like what you heard it would be the biggest compliment to our mission if you would please subscribe, rate, and review Grief Recovery Now on Apple Podcasts. And we'll keep you posted on our next podcasts. If you don't have Apple, we are also on Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Also, please join our private Facebook group, Grief Recovery Now. And if you are in need of any personal attention, please contact me with the link on this podcast page, which is griefrecoverymethod.com forward slash G-R-M-S forward slash Charlene dash Gorzella. It would be an honor to hear from you.